preseason games have been played. How do the first two weeks of NFL exhibitions affect your fantasy football leagues? We tell you all this and more tonight on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the fun, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away, with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves, like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law, with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. fantasy football podcast all right all right all right it is august 22nd 2023 kids they're heading back to school it's getting a little bit colder outside and real football it's just around the corner baby I'm Seth Woolcock, and tonight I am joined by my co-host, who is the founder of the Pros with Joe's charity tournament, the founder of Green Screens Media, and a dude who dresses ridiculously cool, especially tonight, Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? How we doing down there in the great hey, state of Texas? burying the lead. Officially got my IBT shirt. I got jumped in at the expo. Seth, Katie, Sven, trash sandwiches. They rolled me. I survived. <laughs> That's how I earned this T-shirt. Happy to be here. Happy to be repping it. Hey, we appreciate you and all your hard work out there in the great city of Canton, Ohio. And Eric, tonight we also have another special guest. He's the co-founder of South Harmon Fantasy Football, the leader of the shitheads. Guys, give it up for Mike Crystal. What's up, Mike? How are we doing tonight on this fine Tuesday evening? What's up, fellas? What's up, everybody? I see there's already a few shitheads in the chat, which is awesome. Glad you guys could show up and represent. I'm super jealous of this production quality. Like, low-key, <laughs> I am. I got to get on my man, Adam. Like, we got to step our game up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, man, we are a family production here. We couldn't do it without everyone here at the IBT family. We appreciate the kind words. And uh, Kyle Scott's in the house as well, behind the scenes. He's our audio producer, engineer. He's the one to make sure we sound crispy and clean. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? We got a little bit of ring of fire that we're going to bring you out for. How you feeling it got a little bit out of hand last time we played this game kyle what's up fellas yeah it's always a good time when we play ring of fire you never know what's gonna happen you never know what's gonna come up so (laughs) i'm excited it's gonna be great hell yeah hell yeah also joining us tonight we have the ibt family Thank you guys so much for the growth this past couple months. It has been incredible. We appreciate all the support. And the easiest thing you can do to support us here, hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy the content, give us a thumbs up as well. Tell your friends. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, And and really, we know, Mike, you know this. We always ask for these things, like subscribe and hang out and like, like and comment. But like, it's that stuff that really helps us grow and like, it is unreal like how much more we can do this when we have that type of support. 
Yeah, it's one of those things, too, every time I look at our YouTube analytics page and I'm like, man, 40% of the people watching this ain't subscribed. <laughs> Come on, help me out, folks. Come on, just hit the button. That's all you got to do. Just hit it. Put the notifications on mute. I don't even care. <laughs> we don't care if you watch anything. We just need the. We just need that little number to go up, baby. Just, I just want that number, man. Like, what do I got to do? I got to take my shirt off? Do I got to do a podcast <laughs> with those shirt on? I'll put a chain on like I'm Burt Kreischer. Let's go. Like Little Kirko chains, baby. Let's yes. go. Let's go. We got Mike in the house. We got Scott in the house saying evening, y'all. It's his week off, and he's still tuning in. That's right. dedication, folks. We got Dynasty Barry. What's up, everyone? What's up, Barry? Thanks for making part of your night man we got geest i think that's geest sup peeps good to see you buddy we got toronto dave i know he's rocking his ibt merch as well we appreciate toronto's dave support and mr scampers he's saying beautiful evening ibt fellows mr scampers i think you're either bowling this weekend this is your bowling night you told me that in canton so you're either making time for us on the lanes right now as you're throwing some fucking strikes down there so if that is the case we appreciate it and his wonderful wife dame also tuning in tonight saying howdy dudes beautiful tuesday evening to y'all i hope you're doing well dame whether you're throwing them down the alley or just hanging out at home we appreciate you uh eric you're getting a little bit of love from Scott here saying it was fun hanging out with you, Eric. Even though, Eric, you go to bed early. You weren't a late, you weren't closing down the Ooh. Georgia's with us this weekend, brother. Man, I uh, I didn't I didn't put in a ton of work at Georgia's. At least on Friday night, I, I lasted long enough to make it to the rooftop of the garage. But after <laughs> running DNO all day on Saturday, I just completely conked out. It was maybe it's maybe the lamest moment, certainly of the year, maybe the lamest moment of my life, honestly. Hey, slept all the way through the Saturday night party. We will get you back next year. We'll get we'll get you out there. Uh, you could have been like our guy Hoove, who slept on the rooftop of, of that Ooh. parking garage Saturday night. So uh, we, we love uh, some Hoove. Also love us uh, some of our newest expo- uh, new sponsor, Fancy Football Advice Forum in the chat, saying you guys are killing it. You're killing it over there, Tyler. We appreciate you, brother. And then uh, s- some new some new faces in the chat tonight. We got. Uh, Red Ward saying some good looking mics and good looking Mike to boot. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about the preseason darlings. Mike, if I had to guess, this is one of your shitheads. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, definitely one of the shitheads. <laughs> Love it. There we go. We got Scott saying shout out parking garage room. Name, haha, bowling night off. New league starts next week. Okay, Ooh, All right, my we'll- week. We have the Scampers and Overboard family in the chat, so always a pleasure. Tonight, guys, we are going to get in some front and center, some preseason winners and losers. One week left. We pretty much know how this is going to shake out. We haven't seen a ton of starters play, but we have seen some. We have a lot of reports from some of these joint practices as well. Um, So we're going to talk all about that and how that affects your fantasy football drafts that are happening here as we speak. And we're going to get some Ring of Fire, which is one of our fun uh, drinking lifestyle slash fantasy football games. Um, So we'll round it out with that. And Kyle Scott, let's go ahead and jump into some Ring of Fire. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. Front and center. 
All right. Front and center, baby. We got Red Wards. He's saying jazzy. Yeah, it's our guy Ism on the mic there, making all the music here at IBT. And Mike, let's just start with you, man. You are the guest of honor tonight. Oh boy. Let's talk about let's talk about the good first. Let's bring the good vibes in. Let's leave the bad vibes for a little bit later in the show. Who was one preseason winner that really stuck out to you the last couple of weeks here? Uh, the shitheads are going to hate me saying this because I've been <laughs> it for a couple of years, and I don't know if I've been right. Uh, he made our YouTube banner last year, which was a death sentence for pretty much anybody who made it up no. there. But Antonio Gibson, he just looks so much better than Brian Robinson, so much better, right? Looks so much more explosive. And just generally when I watch it, the offense as a whole for Washington – with this uh, little Eric B enemy, like, uh, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited, and this might finally be the year where I'm right on Antonio Gibson. But so far, it looks very good. And credit to Sam Howe for not looking horrible at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he actually looks competent as well. So I'm big on a, a preseason winner so far of Antonio Gibson. Got to see him score a touchdown last night. It was pretty awesome. On a pass play. Come on, on a pass yeah, play. Yeah. What, we want, what we want from a running back. So... Ah, uh, let's go, man. Antonio gives that. I got the jersey. I still got faith. Okay. And I, I will say, Eric, looking at Antonio Gibson here, I liked Brian Robinson a lot last season until I saw him play in the regular season. And this guy is not fun to watch. I don't know if it's just his running style or, you know, it's the fact that he just got shot a couple months before. But I do not enjoy a lot of Brian <laughs> Robinson in my life. And I, I think Mike might be onto something here. Um, how, how do you feel about the Washington backfield now that we have no Dan Snyder, we have no Carson Wentz, we actually got a good-looking group of guys, even though the owner trying to shake everyone's hand weirdly on, on Monday Night Football here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird uh, weird handshakes aside, I, I think there's a lot to like about this year's Commanders team and specifically about the, the, the situation with regard to Antonio Gibson, right? Um, you know, Brian Robinson has very much so filled into that kind of plotting, no flash, no dazzle kind of role in this offense. And at least to date where we've been drafting Antonio Gibson, whose ADP is higher than Brian Robinson's, we've been assuming that he was probably going to be slightly, but very likely on the wrong side of a split. Right. And now we come out of this game last night where they split touches evenly right so if we're talking about a situation where antonio gibson is getting 50 percent of the work but also getting that pass down work right he was on the field for about 80 percent of their snaps when they were in the two minute offense he saw more than 50 percent of their snaps when they were in clear passing downs last night right like everything that we're looking for that is a clear indicator of who they're going to go to these high large situations whenever sam howell is going to be given a ton of check down options by the defense being in their shell coverage, all the things that you really look for in that PPR upside kind of back appear to be falling into place for Antonio Gibson. So he's actually someone that I was going to put down as my preseason winner. Mike beat me to it. So I completely yes. co-sign on this take. Okay. Okay. And still on ESPN live draft trends, where I know a lot of redrafts are happening over the next couple weekends. 122 overall for Antonio Gibson. So that's a double-digit 
pick, boys. And it looks like we have some of the chat feeling up a little Gibby as well. Uh, Dave, he's saying he can see some Gibby appeal. And then uh, Dame, she's actually said she thought Robinson and Gibson both looked good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, Gibson downfield was pretty sweet. Uh, Didi back in the chat tonight. Hello. Hello, boys. Good to see you, Didi. We appreciate you as always out there at the lake house. And then our boy Herms. What up? What up, friendos? Herms, good to see you as always. If there's someone in the chat who just like pumps me up, there's a couple people. It's Didi. It's our girl, Wendy. It's our guy, Toronto Dave. It's our boy, Herms. Good to see you, man. We appreciate you. Um, all right. Let's move forward here to our next winner. Eric, where do you want to go here? Who's someone that's standing out to you in preseason? Yeah, the, uh, the first winner that I want to mention is a bit of home cooking, and that's my guy, Damian Pierce. Um, you know, there was some uncertainty about what his role in the offense would be here in year two. Obviously, they went out and brought in Devin Singletary, who is arguably one of the best backs in the league in terms of pass protection, clearly profiled as that sort of third down yep. receiving back. But now, at least through uh, you know two preseason games and, and specifically through this, this most recent preseason game, Damian Pierce is clearly the starter and is should be expected to get the lion's share of the workload in Houston. He was on the field for all 14 snaps that the starters were out there in this last game. And better yet, he saw a ton of targets. He saw, uh, rather, he ran a route on uh, on five passing, on f- he ran a route on five of their eight passing plays when the starters were wow, out there. okay. Not only was he out there as a clear starter, but also it seems like they're feeling more and more comfortable with him as a potential pass catcher in this backfield. And if if that worry of seeding some of that work to Devin Singletary is gone, now all of a sudden Damian Pierce has pretty significant upside relative to where he's being drafted. Damian Pierce, Mike, is a guy I think we've faded a little bit on this show throughout the offseason just because of that concern of Devin Singletary coming in. However, Eric makes a great point. We've seen a lot more than I think we expected out of Pierce here. Uh, we got Redboard saying in the chat, Devin Singletary. And like we haven't seen much out of Singletary at all. So are, are you rising on Pierce as well here? I, just at the ADP, I haven't got a lot of him. I've taken more Cam Akers, Dobbins in this range. But do you see some appeal here with the Texans running back? I really, I really do like Damian Pierce now. And this is coming from a guy who all last year, from a dynasty standpoint, I'm going sell Damian Pierce. Just get rid of him Same. and move on. Yeah. Same. And then I, I bought into the Kool-Aid of Devin Singletary coming in, right? He was he was serviceable at times last year in Buffalo, right? But the offense was fantastic. But I'm going, okay, I don't really like Devin Singletary, but he's probably going to eat into Damian Pierce. So I'm kind of out. And so far, exactly what you, you just said, we – we haven't seen anything from Devin Singletary. Like he's an afterthought and it's just confirming everything. I always thought about Devin Singletary where I'm like, I don't really think he's that good. I really don't think he's that good. (laughs) At least I know Damian Pierce is, is getting the work and he's explosive when he gets the touches. Now we'll have to remain to see if he actually gets regular season passing work, if that's going to be a thing. And if it is, Holy cow, like the upside is tremendous on him. We liked him last year, and he did all right. And just think about it. He really didn't get any receiving work. Now, the quarterback situation was horrible, and you expect it to be much better, and the offense to be much better. So if you're just kind of connecting all the dots here, everything we've seen so far, you should be in on Damian Pierce, especially where he's going right now. 
Scott, he he's our other co-host on the show here, Mike, and he makes the point. Third highest RB rush share last year and still a low-end RB2. He's a low-end RB2 for him. I think that's where the floor is, Scott, but I think we are seeing a little bit more upside to Eric's point here now in preseason, making him a winner. And we got Albert back in the chat as well saying, good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Thanks for making Albert. time for us tonight on your Tuesday evening. All right, guys, I'm sending you to the great state of Pennsylvania with me for my winner. And it's none other than the boy himself, the oh. man, the legend, the boy who was supposed to be the next great one. Kenny Pickett, baby. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quote my boy fucking Gary V here. Fucking receipts. Fucking receipts. Because <laughs> Kenny Pickett looked damn good at the end of last season. Only had one interception from week nine on. Didn't have a lot of passing volume, but that's kind of what we got in a fucking Matt Canada offense that was for Eric's fifth grade child's flag football team. Like, honestly, like that's that is the one thing that could always hold Kenny Pickett back. But the dude looked electric in his two drives in the preseason this week against the Buffalo Bills defense, who's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. He's got the connection with Friermuth. He finally has an improved offensive line, has good-ass offensive weapons all around him, and fucking Najee's healthy. So I think, like, Kenny Pickett in those super flex leagues you've been playing in, if you've been stashing them, man, like, Kent, you are happy, man. And if you haven't drafted and you're looking for a quarterback, too, with upside, whether it's super flex or, like, a last-round dart throw, Kenny fucking Pickett, baby. So, Mike, I'm throwing it to you here. How do you feel about the chosen one, the, the, the boy who could, the boy who lived? How are we feeling about Kenny Pickett here? We got Hermit. <laughs> He's loving it. He's all yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys saw the show sheet like losers. And what did I put? Kenny Pickett haters. <laughs> Fuck y'all. All right. Fuck y'all. That's me. I'm, I'm with you. I've been trying to tell these people for two years now that Kenny Pickett's good at football. And even last year, some of the things that happened, people are going, man, the Steelers, the Steelers. And I'm like, if you look at it, Kenny Pickett is not the fucking problem. The offensive line's horrible. It is god-awful. It's disgusting. Najee was banged up. They couldn't run the football to yes. save their lives. It was it was a shit show. So what they do? They go out. They address the offensive line. They bring in this mammoth tight end who's going to be a weapon, but also what can he do really well? Block. Kenny yes. Pickett has the weapons, and you're seeing it this preseason. The guy can produce. We did a podcast last year for Dynasty talking about two Kennys, one draft. And it was Kenny Pickett, and it was Kenneth Walker, right? And you needed to get these guys. We were trying to convince people to get on board, and still nobody did. So I had to go through this whole hate cycle. I just shut up, took my medicine, and listened. But I'm with you, Seth. Let's go. <laughs> Kenny Pickett to the fucking moon, boys. <laughs> we're going. We're going there. I don't care if he's got four-inch hands. The guy can sling it. He's a baller. <laughs> I mean – you saw some of the talent last season, like at the in the Raiders game, in some of those season, those games late in the season. You saw like this guy can kind of make some like Mahomians th throws, you know, like he really is talented. So I'm loving it. And Eric, like he's being disrespected in redrafts right now. Like I'm talking like freaking Trey Lance is getting drafted higher than him in some drafts right now over on ESPN. Like I mean, let's just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling to find Kenny Pickett. I mean, dude's barely going to get above Trace McSorley here. Uh, okay, I guess now he's QB 19. But it was not like that a couple weeks ago. He has risen. Um, bring us back down to earth here because we are on a hype train that cannot be stopped, my friend. Man, yeah. So I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm the loser of this preseason because I am a Kenny Pickett hater. 
Um, but most <laughs> oh. of my most of my gripe with Kenny Pickett is more to do with your boy Matt Canada, right? Like in his in his rookie season, Matt Canada basically ran either go routes or checkdowns for Kenny Pickett, right? So like with all that being said, I don't think that QB nineteen is disrespectful for the young man, right? But ultimately, I don't think we have a really like informative sample of what Kenny Pickett could be at the NFL level, right? Because go routes are hard to complete and everything else was underneath. And so all of his efficiency and kind of next level stats look watered down at best. Right. So if nothing else, I will co-sign on the fact that Kenny Pickett has looked pretty good this, this preseason and pretty more good. Importantly, Dudes looked it, like a stud. It's, it seems like they're doing more, they're rolling out more modern configurations and yes. concepts in this yes. offense. And if that trend holds, that is the high tide that will raise the Kenny Pickett ship. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We got, uh, we got Mr. Scamper saying Matt Washington is good. Yeah. If you've never been to Pittsburgh, check out Matt Washington. Good little view up there. Uh, Matt Canada is a bozo. Yeah. Needs to be coaching your, your son's flag football team out there in Texas. Eric, hundred percent agree with you. Um, all right, Mike, I want to send it back to you, man. Is there anyone else who is a winner for you here in the preseason? Let me preface this by saying if you're in a redraft league or an underdog league, don't take this player. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> but if you're if you're a degenerate playing in a – am I going to have to get real specific here? A dynasty, <laughs> a dynasty best ball that's 35-man <laughs> rosters, right? Like 35-man rosters? Ronnie fucking Bell. <laughs> All right, let's go okay. with Ronnie Bell. I got so much Ronnie Bell all over, and the kid has been balling out this preseason. I saw the practice reports earlier uh, in training camp that, like, man, this Ronnie Bell might actually be something. He might actually be something. And it's not a high ceiling. Like, just think about it. All he's got to do is beat out Jawan Jennings for actual meaningful snaps, meaningful touches. And it's an offense we like. And in a best ball, especially a deep one like that, like those are the kind of receivers where if they can make my lineup maybe once or twice a year – I've already like 10 times the amount of money I spent on Ronnie Bell because he was fucking free everywhere. He was he was free 99 on every waiver <laughs> wire right after the rookie draft, period. I don't even care if we did six rounds of a rookie draft. Ronnie Bell was probably hanging out somewhere around there on waiver wires. So Ronnie Bell, I just like seeing him ball out, especially after all the entries. I'm a Big Ten guy, Iowa Hawkeye, but I understand he went to Michigan, but still got to see the kid play quite a bit and, and to see him actually producing after everything he's had to overcome. Ronnie Bell, big winner for me. I mean, leading the or second in preseason receiving yards to Austin Watkins Jr., 172 for him, 10 receptions. So it hasn't been the best competition necessarily, but also not playing with, with his number one quarterback all the time as well. Do you think there's a chance here, Mike, that Ronnie Bell steps into the clear number three role in this San Francisco 49ers offense? They've tried drafting some guys the last couple of seasons, and it hasn't really panned out. Um, is Ronnie Bell maybe that figure, and does he have fantasy relevance to you as well? He does. He does. On that offense, being the number three receiver, which I think he can actually secure that role with the way he's been playing. And like I said, this, this isn't anything against Juwan Jennings, but he's he's slow. <laughs> it's painful to watch him run routes sometimes. So Ronnie, Bre Ronnie Bell looks very dynamic and explosive, and I think that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan kind of wants to get on the field. Now it remains to see, be seen how many – three wide receiver sets he's going to run versus you know he spent that draft capital on some shitty tight ends this year in the draft so if he wants to go out with more 12 personnel if he's going to run more 11 personnel and if it's 11 
Or we also have to remember you got Kyle Juszczyk, like the yes. most underrated player yes. in the entire league, right? Yes. That guy's going to be on the field quite a bit too. But it, it's in, in these type of formats that I play in, especially, you know, 36 Dynasty Best Bowls or whatever the hell I'm up to now, like these are the kind of guys who can buy you a week or two. So I think he may have fantasy relevance. I just don't think it's going to be this year for, like, the redraft crowd because there's mm-hmm. no way mm-hmm. you should be starting Ronnie Bell in a traditional redraft. Like, he shouldn't be on your roster, folks. He shouldn't be. <laughs> we, we got Herms in the chat saying, was not prepared for Ronnie Bell hype, but you know what? Why not? Uh, we got Hoob in the chat as well. What's up, Hoob? Good to see you, man. And uh, we got a little Dynasty best ball. Honestly, not a bad way to play Dynasty. I'm in one Dynasty best ball league and, like, the low maintenance of it is great. And like it, it yes. Yeah. So I, I, I'm here for, it. I'm here Let's for go. you. Uh, Eric, I want to throw it back to you now. Who do you have any other winners from this past weekend or the week before in training camp? Man, you, you weren't going to give it to me for more Ronnie bell commentary. No, I no. mean, if you, if you got more on the, if you got more on the Michigan, pro, you know, give it to me. I'm here for it. I mean, I don't, I don't have deep Ronnie bell knowledge. What I, what I will say is that, he, he profiles as the perfect dynasty stash, right? Like in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you're not going to find a fifth option really getting a whole lot of support as a wide receiver, but he's athletic and dynamic enough to where if he does take the field for some point, he could do a lot with that limited opportunity, and that's how you slowly start to earn your way into some playing time. So he's one of those guys that you can actually sit on for a season or two, and if he pops, is – very much so primed for a, a future breakout. Um, my uh, my second winner of the preseason is none other than Darren Waller, the, uh, the splashy free agent acquisition for the New York football giants uh, in this last game, came out and immediately got three targets. I think it was three was out of Daniel Jones' first four passes. And specifically what, what makes me most excited about it is is the way in which they used him right like this isn't a you know uh, aggressive push the ball down the field you know vertical offense they're they're really going to find ways to scheme open the players that they consider a priority and that's exactly what they did with Darren Waller right they found different ways to scheme him into space to get him a bit of a cushion to get him breaking away from coverage so obviously it's a relatively limited sample because we're talking about the preseason the starters are out there a ton, but in those limited snaps, they were very clearly designing their offense around getting the ball into his hands. And he's going, I mean, depending on your league, between the sixth and eighth round, right? He's very much so, at least my favorite, to lead the Giants in terms of receptions this year. And you can get him for far less than you should be paying for him. Mike, do you have any Darren Waller? I have none. I have no exposure right now. And I'm actually getting a little bit worried after what Eric's laying out here and just kind of what we saw here over the weekend mm-hmm. from the G men who look like a well-oiled machine and they don't even have Saquon on, on the, on the roster right now or on the depth chart. My, my guy D bro from fantasy bro has been pushing the Darren Wallace thing for a while. So yes, I do have Darren Wallace okay. just because of that, right? In dynasty, I do have him in some underdog drafts that I know I've taken him. It, it's 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 crazy to think, right? We just saw the, the, the comment, right? Tight end three from Scott, Darren Waller. But let's really think about it. Like my boy TJ Hawkinson, well, this out, this arm over here, we're getting used to it. He's behind me on this this poster back okay. here. Okay. Like I hope he ain't listening. But oh, if I was going to make a bet on anybody to be tight end three this year, 
or to push Andrews, push Kelsey for that that kind of like elite upper echelon tier, it's going to be Darren Waller, who we've seen it do before. And he's on an offense where the rest of the wide receivers stink. They all stink. They're all horrible. Darren Waller is pretty much the only one on that offense for the receiving quarter where you go, I really want this guy. I know Jalen Hyatt's had some moments, but we need to understand that that guy's still a rookie. Like, what do we really expect out of him? It's going to be the Darren Waller show through the air for the Giants, and I'm all aboard. Like, tight end three, let's go. I just the only the only hesitation I have with Darren Waller is we've seen an injury. Yep. Every, yep. It yep. seems like yep. every two games for the last couple of years, and I'm I'm petrified about that. But if he stays healthy and you look and you go, man, Darren Waller was tight end number two this year, I wouldn't be shocked at all. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. And Dame here in the chat saying she faded Waller all offseason. Not sure how she feels about it now. I didn't fade Waller with you, Dame, but I also didn't dra- – I wasn't targeting Waller at all in any draft. So I, I kind of feel like a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of fear missing out right now on Darren Waller. But, yeah, I, I think you guys hit it right on the head. Like if he can stay healthy, the upside is massive. It's just can he. And I think the Giants proved something to us this weekend as well. Like I think they're done kind of running this cookie-cutter bullshit offense they were last year, and they're like, we need to see what we have in Daniel Jones. We gained 40-plus million. We need to see him take the next step. They gave some actual weapons out there. Isaiah Hodgins still a dog, I think, on the outside as well. So um, excited to see what they can do. I love that winner from you, Eric. Um, I'm going to move to my last winner before we get into some of the bad vibes. And uh, it's Kenneth Walker, or Kenneth Gainwell, excuse me, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. And sometimes it's more about like what you didn't see. Kenneth Gainwell rested in week one with the starters. Also, Got the first touch by any RB for Philadelphia in week two of the preseason as well. So that was great to see. Like, it looks like we are heading towards a committee. This is a quote from The Athletic today about Gainwell. Gainwell is getting steady work in camp. It looks like Philadelphia is headed towards a committee with Gainwell leading the way. So I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a value here. You're drafting him well, well behind DeAndre Swift, well behind Rashad Penny as well. And it kind of just makes sense here for me, boys. Like, this is a fifth-round guy out of Memphis. He's been in this system for two years now. Like him or not, like, Kenneth, he's been pretty decent, man. Ten career TDs in two years in limited work. Had uh, average 62.3 rushing yards in the playoffs last season. I think Gainwell could have a little bit of spry here uh, early in the season. And I think you're getting me a discount. Eric, are you interested in a little Kenny Gainwell action up there in the great city of Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, look at at price. I I certainly am right, and like it's it's so fitting of of the Eagles to have everyone <laughs> looking not only in one direction but in two directions, right? The the discord uh, discourse over the course of the offseason has been: Are you either Camp DeAndre Swift or Camp Rashad Penny? And of course, they're going to say none of the above and slot in Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> and this is this has been. This has been some, you know, some support that's been kind of swelling over the last few weeks, right? Uh, these these beat reporters, the people that are watching camp, have been continually saying, "Keep an eye on Gainwell, keep an eye on Gainwell," and it it looks like, I mean, if nothing else, they're considering him as, like you said, the first man to touch the ball in the rotation, but also two of the three people that he's in that committee with, if we're counting Boston Scott are incredibly injury prone, right? So yes. not only yep. is there a chance that he yep. might have 
he might earn the you know the the plurality of the touches in this backfield but over the course of the season there's a very high look likelihood that one or both of the other guys that would compete for major touches are going to miss some time so if you're getting that essentially in the last or second to last round i mean that's that's a lottery ticket that i think is worth holding on to all right, we got some discourse in the chat here. Uh, Herm saying, yo, for real, for real. I don't know how much volatility there is to this, but rumor about Penny getting cut, sheesh. I think they would I mean, save a little. He in the rotation. He came in after yeah. Boston Scott in this last game. And, and Trey Serban has looked pretty good as well. So if they yeah. want to keep someone on their practice squad, um, it might not be the worst idea. But what we do have uh, Red Word saying in the chat, don't don't really want any Philly RBs in the lineup. Mike, hearing what Eric has to say and thinking that we do have some injury issues if Penny's on the roster or not, and also with Swift, are you interested in Gainwell at the current price tag, which super, super favorable, man. I mean, it is unbelievable. Where I mean, it's going to rise here in the next week or two, I'm sure. Yeah. But right now, Kenneth Gainwell, RB48 on ESPN leagues, man. I mean, that is a smash 165 overall. Full disclosure, I don't have much Kenneth Gainwell at all. Right? Okay. And, and when you ask me to put losers down, right, when we get into those sections, I put the Eagles backfield for one reason that it's so murky and it's un- undecided for me. I'm having a hard time. And, and f- I'm being honest here. I have too much DeAndre Swift take lock. Because I think he's such a damn good player. And I do I'm like, too. I, uh, yes. I'm like, this is what they thought of Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny that during the draft, they're like, yeah, we're going to go out and acquire DeAndre Swift. We want him on our team. Like, that signaled a lot to me at the time where I go, all right, one, I like this player. Two, apparently the Eagles like him because they went out and actually gave up draft capital to go get him. So I've always thought that the DeAndre Swift was kind of going to be the guy. But you hear these beat reporters talking about Kenneth Gainwell and kind of securing a role mm-hmm. and like being a part of it. And then what you're saying, Seth, his, his cost is absolutely nothing. Like it's very, very, very cheap. To answer Herm's thing, too, the other part about the Eagles' backfield that made him a loser while we're talking about it is, is Trace Sermon has played really well. And I do yeah. think from everything I'm hearing, being such an Eagles fan and like following this religiously, I think he's getting cut. Like I think Rashad Penny is on his way out. He's oh. the only one. He's the only one besides DeAndre Swift that doesn't play special teams, right? Kenneth Gainwell plays some special teams. Boston Scott, we know, plays special teams. And even slow ass Trey Sermon is back there returning kicks for some god awful reason. But that's telling the coaches that he's willing to do whatever he can to get on the field, and he's looked good. Minus the fumble the last game, but he made up for it with a, a really nice touchdown run. So. I'm not going to be shocked when uh, Rashad Penny's getting cut, which is going to break a lot of people's hearts because I saw a lot of people all in on Rashad Penny this season. <laughs> yeah. and he's going to be looking for a job here real soon, I believe. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. All right. All right. And uh, lo- looks like we got Skippy in the chat tonight. What's up, Skippy? Thanks for joining us, man. Hope you uh, subscribe to the channel, come back and hang out with us again. Another one of your shitheads, Mike. The, sh- the shitheads That's are strong one. in the chat tonight, Let's baby. I love it. Thanks for showing up, fellas. <laughs> We appreciate the shitheads. Uh, Eric, let's let's talk about some bad shit going on, though. Uh, what's going on here? Are there any losers for you significantly here in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the biggest individual loser in terms of his rank and status in the NFL has got to be Trey Lance, right? Like, there was, there was a lot of talk heading into the offseason as to whether or not 
the 49ers were going to stick with Brock Purdy or if this was going to finally be the opportunity that Trey Lance was looking for. Obviously, Brock Purdy got hurt, it seems, though, based on the fact that he played in the in the game last week, that yeah. he has uh, he's recovered much faster than the original projection. And not only does he now have Brock Purdy breathing down his neck, but every time that he's been on the field in the preseason, he's basically pissing down his leg. In that first game, he got sacked four or five times in the in the time that he was on the field. He's turned the ball over a couple of times, right? Like basically everything that he's doing on the field is hurting his case to earn, I mean, not only you know starting time, but he, I mean, potentially the backup job is in jeopardy for him with Sam Darnold looking serviceable, right? So now we're, I mean, for Trey Lance specifically, the, the arrow is very clearly pointing down and the Niners are in a tough spot where, you know, his his value on the open market is just completely tanked, right? So there's not going to be a whole lot of people knocking up, trying to give him, trying to give Trey Lance any sort of meaningful opportunity in the near term. So he's just going to be kind of stuck on the bottom of the depth chart for the foreseeable future for me. Mike, you're a big dynasty guy. If you have Trey Lance, what do you do after what you hear from Eric here? Um, I mean, we love Trey, Trey Lance, right? But the guy just has not seen the field. It's thrown 400-some passes since 2019. He's very raw still. The shitheads already know, man. They're already in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> they already know. Listen, I still love Trey Lance. I love him to death, and especially in Dynasty. I'll go out and acquire him. I will will acquire him every year. Here's the thing, man. I have to be up front. I have a bias because I'm an Iowa fan. Uh, I hate Iowa State with a massive passion, and I hate Brock Purdy with a massive passion. I don't think he's good. Even if I start to like look at it, but this is this is coming from my lens where I'm looking at stats that I want to find. Right, I'm looking into it. Last year, Brock Purdy would have led if he qualified with pass attempts. Would have led the league in danger plays. Like Geno Smith was horrible, but he threw one like one every thirteen passes. Brock Purdy was one every ten. One every ten he was putting in danger. And what have I seen out of the beat reporters this whole training camp, right? Even the ones who are rosy on Brock Purdy is about how he's getting picked off all the time. The last scrimmage while we were at the expo talking about, man, Brock Purdy just threw three interceptions in this joint practice. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. And everybody's talking about how good Trey Lance looks. But then you get to the preseason games. The first one, he's in there with a god-awful offensive line unit. This is me making excuses for Trey Lance, so just so we're clear. These are valid. These are valid excuses. I will say that. He is in there with a god-awful offensive line unit, just running for his life, being on the ground all the time, which doesn't help his development at all, especially his confidence when he's trying to – trying to show the organization, trying to show all the people in the media like us that are talking about this Mm 24-7 that he's worth it. Then this last game, I saw the reports, man, Trey Lance didn't look good. Trey Lance didn't do this. And then I go and I look at it and I watch the game back. And what did Trey Lance do? He had a very serviceable game and he led the game-winning drive. Not only did he go down and score the touchdown, but then he got the ball back, took his team down the field, and got the game-winning field goal. Like, everything that you want to see from a guy developing, he did. And still the narrative was, man, Brock Purdy played. Well, good for Brock Purdy, but Trey Lance looked pretty awesome. Like, I want to see Brock Purdy in season versus real defenses and see how long he can hold on to the job with this busted elbow that he's got. Because he wasn't very good last year, in my opinion, with a good elbow. And I think he's probably even worse with a, a – recovering 
UCL injury that he has. So I still have faith in Trey Lance. I haven't left yet. Uh, I'm going down with the ship regardless. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to the straight bottom, uh, and I'll still be touting Trey Lance even when he's playing in the CFL. Okay, Dude, all this right. Is, this is why Lance is is my is my loser because I'm I'm actually in the exact same boat with you, Mike. Like I have so much exposure to Trey Lance. Like I I want so badly for him to get this opportunity. And if past his prologue in the NFL, if if the organization seems to have tipped their hand that they prefer Brock Purdy for whatever reason, right? Like so many things have to go right for Trey Lance to really chip away at that. And it just it feels like we're losing ground on that incrementally, right? So I I think the course of the preseason, specifically the games, have hurt his stock, but that stock that I'm more than happy to trade on at pennies in the okay. dollar, right? Right. <laughs> Okay. Owning Trey Lance is kind of like owning Shiba or Dogecoin, right? <laughs> like you know, it's probably it's, a bad bet. One day it's going like, to be like, lit. yeah, one day, one day this will be worth <laughs> ten cents a share. That's like buying an electric car. Like it, it might be useful in a couple of years when we have some fucking chargers or cars and go a little farther. But right now, you know, it's a uh, not the best investment. But I'm with you guys. I still believe in the talent of Trey Lance as well. So I think we're all a little guilty in that. Uh, catch up here in the chat. We got Scott saying hashtag shitheads. Herm saying shithead was actually my nickname in high school. All right. All right. Perfect. And uh, Red Ward saying shit. Yeah, smart ass shithead is a common term thrown at me as well. All right. Little shithead love going on out there. Um, a lot, lot of Jake Fromm love in the chat as well. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got Didi shouting out. Yeah. IBT. IBT koozies, Didi. They're going to be hitting the hitting the site here soon. We got to get some pictures of them, and we'll put them out there for you guys. But, yeah, we got we got another line of merch. Also, some new t- IBT t-shirts hitting uh, hitting the streets as well and hats. So, right. so, we got you. Yeah, we got you coming here soon, Didi. Also, I didn't wear it tonight. But, man, Mike, you gave me a South Harmon pullover. <laughs> Oh, that thing is a fucking Dang. weapon, my friend. Let's go, my friend. That is a weapon. Yeah. So like, you know, I love the, I love the merch game, right? I love it. So I might have to get some IBT stuff Dude, we'll, right now. We'll get some stuff sent out to you. A little trade. We'll get a little Let's little go. South Harmon for a little IBT trade going on. We got it. We got um, it. I'll I'll round it out here, guys. We already kind of talked about Mike's losers a little bit. The Eagles backfield. The Kenny Pickett haters. Yeah, still fucked up. Fuck them, Kenny Pickett haters. I'm still with you there, Mike. Um, I'll round us out, though, so we can get to the ring of fire. Big losers, Carolina Panthers, Miles Sanders, and Bryce Young. I'm worried that, and maybe it's trivial, but I'm worried that Frank Wright, and somehow everywhere he goes, the offensive line just starts playing like shit. This line was pretty decent last year. They got pummeled by the Jets, and not even the Jets' first string. The Jets' second stringers were running through the Panthers' starting offensive line. I always, I, I, I liked a little bit of Miles Sanders' upside here, maybe you know being the clear number one back. But boys, he's leaving the number one offensive line to an average one at best, and now this might be the worst offensive line in the league, and he's already hurt. I am worried about him. I'm worried about Bryce Young, like. There aren't a lot of weapons here. It's it's Adam Thielen. I love me some Adam Thielen this year. DJ Chark's an average NFL wide receiver, but I feel like those guys are kind of also could get hurt during the season. And all of a sudden we're seeing Raheem Blackshear and Jonathan Mingo out there more than we want with Bryce Young, who's a small guy and is getting pummeled. So 
I, I, I just think we're going to see a lot of Jags on this team. I am worried about both these quarterbacks or both these players. If you drafted Bryce Young in a super flex league or Miles Sanders, Eric, any advice to talk me off the ledge here? Cause I, I'm full fade on the Panthers at the moment. Um, I, I don't think I'm as cold on the Panthers as you, but I, I don't necessarily have anything that can talk you off the ledge, right? Like if you, if you drafted Bryce Young in Superflex, hopefully you were doing it for the right reason, AKA he's going to have the job all year. Right. And that's, that is a valuable asset in, in Superflex, even if it is, you know, full of bumps and bruises, True. you know, Miles Truth, Sanders. Yeah. I mean, the, the argument for him is kind of similar in, in so much as, He's got the inside track for the lion's share of the volume there, right? I mean, we could, <laughs> since uh, since we're since we're no longer hating on Kenny Pickett, we could see like a Najee Harris style, super inefficient but high volume type of season where Miles Sanders kind of pushes for, you know, kind of high end RB two value because, I mean, to an extent, like we talked about with Trey Lance, you know, talent is one thing, but opportunity is is huge. So I haven't seen anything this preseason that would make me feel better or more optimistic about either of these players. But at the end of the day, I do think they're going to see the field enough and at the right price. That's, that's something to, to at least consider. Mike, where do you stand at on Bryce Young and the Panthers? <laughs> Somebody smart once told me, if you love something, set it free. And uh, I did that with Miles Sanders this offseason. <laughs> like, you left the Eagles. I loved you at one point. Uh, Penn State the, guy too, baby. I'm, I'm with yeah. you there. I'm with for, you there, Mike. For all the things you said earlier, Seth, like the offensive line, I was like, mm, okay, this ain't the Eagles offensive line, number one. Like I could maybe talk yeah. myself into the situation. They got a rookie quarterback. We, we kind of gave praise to Frank Reich, even though he completely just shit on the Thank entire you. Indianapolis. Thank like, you. He yes. wasn't that good, man. He was pretty bad for the talent that he had. So uh, Miles Sanders, I just kind of been out on, and and this doesn't help at all. Bryce Young, redraft sense, like no thanks, man. Rookie quarterbacks, I don't really care about. Like, let's be honest. As much as I'll defend Kenny Pickett in redraft last year, I wasn't thinking Kenny Pickett. Come on, <laughs> like I'd move on, get somebody else. But this offense scares the shit out of me. Now the only thing that I'm like committed to is I have so much damn Adam Thielen and underdog. It's disgusting, and I don't know why. Like, what my problem was. (laughs) Why? I think that still might be okay, though, because he's, like, I think they're going to play from behind enough that that they're going to have to pass, and I think Adam Thielen's going to get, like. Old man Thielen, let's go. I would not be shocked if, like, Adam Thielen straight up has, like, a a week or two where he gets, like, 15 targets. Just because, like. He's the only show in town here um, other than Hayden Hurst, which apparently we're the Hayden Hurst fan club now. Getting a lot of Hayden Hurst love in the chat. And then uh, now we got some Chark season as well. So apparently people are higher on these weapons than I am. Listen, Hayden Hurst is a solid player. Hayden Hurst was a back-end tight end one at times last season in a good offense. I think he could be a volume hog here as well. But at the end of the day, they are average players. Adam Thielen is still an above average player, despite what Scott's saying here in the chat. Thielen about to have 350 yards and nine TDs. Um, yeah, so th- 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 that's about it here on on the winners or losers from preseason, guys. Um, we are going to bring in Kyle. We are going to get some ring of fire going. Um, but I love the analysis both Mike and Eric sh- shared with us here and, like, Again, some of this might be overreactions. We need to keep that in mind. We haven't seen real or even like half real football in months and months and months. 
So we don't want to re overreact too much, but there are tea leaves to take here. So that's what we try to do tonight is, is try to put some of these pieces together, of these puzzles that, hey, we're going to find out one way or another here in about 17, 18 days, uh, whether we're right or not. So let's buckle the fuck up, keep the head on a fucking swivel, and uh, let's get into some ring of fire. Ladies and gentlemen, we got something real special planned for you tonight. This is The Ring of Fire, featuring our special guest, Kyle Scott. Now y'all, saddle up, strap in. We're gonna have a real good time. All right, it's Ring of Fire. You guys know the game. But Kyle, if they don't, before we pour up, pull up the card deck here, can you explain to the fine people what Ring of Fire is? What's the muse behind this great game? Sure. Uh, so it's adapted from the classic college drinking game, Ring of Fire or King's Cup. Uh, it's a card game. Whatever card is pulled, it correlates to a prompt, maybe a question, or just something, a conversation starter. And uh, yeah, that's basically all it really is. Uh, in the real game, you drink, but you know, you don't have to. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be pouring. What, what, what are we drinking on there down? What we got down there, Tax? What are you drinking on? I'm, uh, I'm working with a little No Worries IPA. Finally, uh, <laughs> finally cooled off just a scotch, so it's, uh, it's, it's cool enough back here to crack a beer. All right, all right. Kyle, you, you sipping on anything tonight out there in the bird? You got any lemon chopped up for your drink tonight? Uh, not tonight. No lemons tonight. Okay. Uh, Mike, what about you, man? What, what are you sipping on out there in this great state of Iowa? Oh, the shithead knows. It's a staple. It's vodka lemonade all day. All day, every Let's day. Let's go. Let's go. I was karaoke uh, Sunday night at the expo. I was running vodka lemonades. And, man, they feel light. They feel fresh. Feel amazing. This Saturday, I was running vodka lemonades with some fresh, some really, really good local lemonade down here in Lancaster County. So I was feeling good. Not not great the next morning, but that was more of a you know lack of water type thing. Um, so, oh, okay, we got we, we we got controversial opinion here. I prefer social dissertation version of Ring of Fire to Johnny Cash's. Oh. I don't think I've heard that. Have either of you guys heard that? Apparently, a band or a, an artist of this name does a cover of Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. Man, that sounds like a like you guys remember Hillbilly Holler was like the Mountain Dew <laughs> of Walmart. That's kind of what that reminds me of. <laughs> That's like Hillbilly Holler right there, I think. <laughs> well, we, do, we don't have any Johnny Cash. We got the Nate Miller style here. But either way, Kyle, let's go ahead. Let's pull up the deck here. And uh, what do you say, man? Should we flip this first card? Flip it. All right. We got three. What are we doing? So three is me. Uh, you're going to answer a question about yourself. So what was the best first week of college or high school memory that you can think of? Oh, Mike, we'll throw it to you first, man. I, I don't know if you were a college man in Iowa or if you have a good high school story for us, but anything you got um, from orientation or silly week, as the kids are calling it nowadays. So I played football in college, and we all showed up probably about 
I want to say about two weeks earlier than the rest of the students for, for the opening of camp. So it's just football players and staff that are on campus here. And uh, the very first day, right, we get all checked in. They give us all of our equipment and lockers and, you know, incoming freshmen. So you're so like, what? you don't even know what to expect. Yeah. And I just remember there's a knock at my dorm room door. I open it up. The guy walks in. It's like he talks to me and my roommate, and he's like, we're going out. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> like, coach is going to kill us if he finds it. He goes, don't worry. We ended up over in the uh, the east side of Dubuque, which at the time was like where all the sleazy clubs were, like the adult clubs, <laughs> like trying to get in at eighteen. <laughs> Just oh, so I remember my mom called me, and she calls me at like eleven o'clock at night, like, "What are you doing? How's your first day of college?" And I'm like, "Mom, I can't talk right now. I'm kind of busy. <laughs> like, I'm also drunk. <laughs> Help me." <laughs> So, yeah, just an eye-opening experience, like first day of college, waste no time, just go over and start making bad life choices. Hey, Mike Mike was saying, I'm going to get after early with some vodka lemonades, baby. That's Eric, cool. what about you, my friend? Any any uh, best memories from your first couple weeks at college? Man, so we uh, we didn't end up in the, uh, in the sleazy side of Dubuque, but mine also <laughs> has to do with some early college drinking. It was actually the the very first night that I was uh, at school out here in San Antonio. A lot of my high school crew came out here and and came to came to UTSA where I where I went to school. So had like a nice little social circuit circle. We're already at someone's house for a house party, and the the campus police at UTSA are legendary for being overzealous, right? Like they're firing off moving violations, parking uh. tickets, always breaking up parties, like. It's just like they, they're they so proud of themselves for the work they do. And so inevitably, first week of school, this party gets busted, right? And we're all in there. Cops bust into the front door. Everybody freezes. And then one person, the first person, flinches and decides to book it out the back door. And like the like the instinctive tribalism just kicks in. Everyone's like, they can't catch all of us. We're all going to scram out the back door. <laughs> Unbeknownst to us... There were actually cops that were standing on the other side of the fence waiting to catch us jumping over the fence. But enough of us made it to the fence at the same time where the son of a bitch just tipped over and it pinned the cops down and we're all able to scramble into the woods. Oh, that's great. That is great. Eric, a a little master of disaster out there pinning cops down and getting away with a little hootie hoo action. Kyle, I know we did a lot in college, so it's hard to kind of pin it down to, to a weekend or two, but you got anything here for this? Gosh, I mean, nothing to that extent. I mean, definitely not in the first week, at least. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, honestly. I, you know, I, I I could throw out a lot of them here. I could throw out a lot of things here. I could, I, I could throw out some really funny shit that I feel like has happened, but uh, favorite memory – first weekend of college we didn't start dating that point but i met my future girlfriend um in the orientation for the journalism department so shout out katie uh that was a, that was a sweet memory i actually won her later about three months later we were hanging out uh at a cross-country house party super cool and uh and we were playing beer pong and, I, and we got naked lapped and i ran the naked lap for both of us so uh my, my you know little 110 pound ass at the time that, that that's what that's what got katie that's what got Katie, boy. So uh, 
Shout out Katie. Shout out IUP cross country yeah. team. Should have let me on the pong table at nine when I asked and not midnight when I was drunk. But either way, great story. Um, Kyle, let's flip another card here. What do you think? Yeah, let's flip it. All right, five is going to be five guys. You're going to have to pick the correct answer out of the five players. So which rookie quarterback had the most total touchdowns rushing and passing in their college career? So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Sean Clifford, Holton Allers, or Malik Cunningham? All right, Holton Aylers is that one that Kyle butchered a little bit. Yes, great, great try, ECU legend. All right, so we got a couple like like Sean Clifford was in college for fucking seven years, so right. we we got we got that one to deal with. Malik Cunningham scored a shit ton of touchdowns at Louisville, and then Holton Aylers also in college for like seven fucking years for his hometown team. Mike, what you you got a guess here? The the chat is leaning Cunningham early in this one, yeah, early. Man. Cunningham feels like a good answer, but I'm going to go with the guy who was in college for 57 years. Like it felt like he started in 1960 and that's Sean Clifford. I, I don't know if that's right or not, but it feels like I was watching him back when I was in college and he just now graduated. Very fair. Very fair. Eric, any lean for you, my friend? Man, I, I feel like, so I feel like a bit of game theory. It's not going to be the, the, the big names here. So that kind of narrows the, the field. And I'm I'm with Mike, right? Like I I think I think there's something to be said for your classic compiler, right? And when you're when you're out there starting games for seven or eight or fifteen years, <laughs> and Sean Sean Clifford probably <laughs> racked up a lot of touchdowns, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know there are highs, there are lows. Being a Penn State fan when Sean Clifford was here, um, <laughs> but he did rack them up. Scott saying Sean Clifford should be in the. It's been 84 years, Gibbs. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Holton Aylers. I, 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 this guy had a shit ton of touchdowns at ECU. I, I, I really think it was him. I know he started pretty young into it as well. It could be Clifford. I know Stroud had right around 80-ish touchdowns in the two years he started, and I think these guys well outperformed that. So, Kyle, what are we looking at here? What's that correct answer? Did we hit it? So the correct answer is Holton Aylers. No, oh, let's go. Come on. Uh, so, <laughs> it's not even yeah. a real player. <laughs> what, what, so, what's the numbers here? So Holton Aylers had 122 total. Uh, Sean Clifford had 105. Malik Cunningham had 90. CJ Stroud, 86. And Bryce Young bringing up the rear with only 80. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Junk. Scott saying that name sounds made up coming from the Seattle Seahawks, where I believe Sean or uh, where Holt Naylor's is. Am I correct on that? I believe he's playing with, with the Seattle Seahawks now for now. Player. Um, cu- couple funny things to catch catch up in the chat here. Scott saying my favorite quote run from the cop story was was when that loud mouth douchebag shit his pants as he was running. <laughs> Uh, all right yeah i always need the know-it-all to shit his pants we like we appreciate that um <laughs> scott another great comment saying that motherfucker's not real uh insert that gif as well <laughs> there we go uh we got time for another card or two before we get everyone out of here kyle what do we got with jack 
All right, Jack is going to be Never Have I Ever. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's the hardest one. I've done a lot of shit in my life. Oh, no. <laughs> Kyle, what do we got here? Um, Mike, Eric, we're familiar with this game a little bit. Yeah, this is a game that gets me in trouble and gets me divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you new to the game, we basically have three strikes. You say something you have never done, and then whoever has that, who has done that, they get a strike. You got three of them. Um, I'll kick us off here, Kyle. Does that work? Yeah. Never have I ever rented a school out in the Canton, Ohio area for the Fantasy Football Expo like our friends over there at South Harmon Institute of Technology. What a low Um, blow. uh, Mike, give us the backstory a little bit on this. I didn't really get to ask you about South Harmon. It's like, where does the name come from? Like, what goes into this? And like, also, like, you guys fucking rented out of school. What was that like? So it all originated because we were trying to think of a name for a podcast, right? And one of my favorite movies ever watched, I went to college at the same time, was the movie Accepted with Jonah Hill. It's like 2006-ish. And uh, Justin Long plays the main character. He doesn't get into school. So they just make up a fake one. (laughs) They just make up a fake college. And then it just escalates. They end up getting a fake building. and, And then they actually have, like, students who think it's a real thing. So... The whole thing about it is when we were starting to get into fantasy football and dynasty specifically for us, it was like, you know, we're not going to go work for ESPN right off the bat. Like, we can't just get into it. So how can we make it? We'll just make it official sounding, and we'll make our own fake school, (laughs) essentially, and call it South Harmon. And then we get to call everybody who signs up for it, you know, shitheads, which is amazing. And we can have, you know, shit sandwiches as the mascot. (laughs) We can just do all kinds of crazy, stupid stuff. So that's how it became. So when we went to the expo last year, we rented this Airbnb that was in the middle of nowhere, like 30 miles outside of Canton, and it was horrible. Uh, the Airbnb was cool, but the fact that we had to drive down like gravel roads and yeah. dodge deer was yeah. was disgusting. So this year, looking around, and I'm like, no fucking way. There's a whole school that we can rent out. We can rent out South Harmon University and have the <laughs> shitheads stay with us perfect say less like it was a gift it was a gift from the heavens above so we rented out a whole entire school and uh we had about i don't like 50 i forget i can't keep track because there were so many people there but like 15 to 18 maybe 20 people uh you know patrons of ours we had other content creators the dynasty trades and five guys were staying there with us so it was absolutely ridiculous it was a giant frat house for for three and a half days that is electric, my friend. That is so cool. Um, honestly, I, I hadn't heard of you guys up until the expo. I'm looking through the list. I'm like, wait, South Harmon oh, fantasy no. football. Yeah. And I think even on the list, your South Harmon full name Institute of Technology said, there's yes. no fucking way. And as soon as I saw you guys booth the expo, I said, all right, th- this is a guy I'm going to go talk to. One of my favorite conversations out there as well. Scott saying, I need one of those South Harmon pullovers, baby. I know Mike's got that oh, yeah. merch. Eric, have you seen the movie Accepted? And what are your thoughts on the shitheads and the little gang we got going on here? We didn't make it out to the school. Maybe next year we'll make it, make a little parlay out to the school, have a couple beers to the shitheads. But uh, thought, thoughts here, Eric? Uh, first thought is... Ask me about my winner. <laughs> Absolutely legendary clip from that movie. And the movie itself 
I mean, it's it's a bit problematic, but it absolutely stands the test of time. The classic in over your head in too deep story where they just have to keep doubling down on the lie. If you haven't checked it out, please check out Accepted. It's a fantastic movie. And I mean, baller move by by Mike and all the shitheads, right? Like, forget renting out a house. Like, let's rent out a whole ass school. I feel <laughs> like what we should do is we should try to we should try to expand on this and see if we can't just rent as much of this city block in Canton as we can next year <laughs> and have neighbors awful. and and really just just kind of kind of move into to Canton as we uh, as we head to the expo next year. Then we, it really is a college. Then we really are living the yeah. college life there out South Harmon, Mike. What do you think? The, the best part about it, the whole thing, like where we were staying was <laughs> only a couple blocks from the Double Tree. In order to walk to the Double Tree or the party on Friday night, we had to walk past like the federal bankruptcy court. <laughs> so like the guys that work for me, me being the CEO making these bad financial decisions are going like, yeah, we might need this come Monday. <laughs> we might need to just <laughs> stop by the bankruptcy or... court. Yeah, <laughs> let's just do it. Hey, you guys are more than welcome to come stay at South Harmon University, Let's right? Go. We'll get you. We got rooms. We got rooms on top of rooms. <laughs> <laughs> got the art room. Got the science lab. Yeah, I stayed in the, the guidance counselor's office, which was sketchy. Like, I should not be a guidance counselor at all. But good news is detention was literally right next door to me. So, you know, okay. we go in there to, you know, do the stuff. <laughs> We got Herm saying in the chat, shout out Can, shout out George's Lounge, aka the 101 of bars. Yeah, Herm's, my dad was actually a regular in Can for a minute uh, when, when he worked down there back in the day. And he would always talk about George's, and he was actually really good friends with one of the bartenders invited to his wedding. They were such good friends. So George's always has a special place in my heart. You can find me there from about 12 to 2 a.m. here uh, when we get out to Canton there. Scott saying, flag football challenge, South Harmon shitheads versus IBT water towers. Listen, we bring pep. We bring good vibes at IBT. We also probably bring a couple pulled hammies when it comes out to the football field. Kyle, how do you feel about it? Do you think we could take on the shitheads in a little flag football? You know, back in our pen days, we did run the flag football team a little bit. We fucking we shook some things up in the Turkey Bowl a time or two. There is not a doubt in my mind we would run the fucking table. Let's fucking go. Let's fuck. All right, we, ready. We got a little. We got a little challenge for the shitheads going out there. Oh man, Here M- we Mike, go. what position in, in college football were you, my friend? Fullback. Uh, okay, we, we put on the weight now. We're uh, we're defensive tackle weight right now. So. <laughs> Listen, I understand you think you run the table, but, you know, I might not always play by the rules, and it's only take one of you coming across the middle for me to light you up before you go, I ain't never doing this again. Like, I'm good. Kyle's like, Kyle's like 6'5", and so is Eric, so, like... Big targets. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> big big yeah. targets. <laughs> yeah, you got some lanky bastards out there for sure. Herm's saying, but can South Harmon teach me to blow up shit with my mind? We probably can. We can work there that we, out. There we go. Uh, the advice for him saying accepted is on Netflix. Yeah, I need to watch that. I need to watch it again, honest to God. That, that's a great film. Um, let, let, let's let's round out this game of would you rather or oh, what are we what are we playing here? We're, we're playing Ring of Fire, but we're on uh, Never Have I Ever. So let's round this out here. Mike, Never Have I Ever up to you, man. What do you got for us? Man, you made it so tough because you just hit me right, right in the <laughs> gut, right? <laughs> like you just like instantly, I strike out. It's crazy, man. Never have I ever, never have I ever hated on Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric's down one. 
Eric, it's down to you. What do you got for us, man? Oh man, um, we'll keep the uh, we'll keep the expo theme alive. Never have I ever had to sleep in the walkway between the double tree and the garage. <laughs> Shout out Hoove. Shout out Hoove. Shout out Hoove. Didn't get anyone else with that though. Uh, Kyle, you got never have ever you can throw out at us. Try to get one of us out here. Yeah, I think I can get a couple of you out with this. Uh, never have I ever participated in Scott Fishbowl. Okay. All right. All right. So we got Eric's down to one. I think Mike's down to one as well. I have never been in Scott Fishbowl yet. Oh, never. my God. Oh, my I, gosh. Not because I haven't tried. I've just been crazy busy and, like, trying to remember it. It's it's nuts. Like, since we started doing content, like, doing all that stuff, yes. I go, oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Add one more thing to the list. Holy hell. <laughs> yes. No, I, I 100% feel you there. So we're good. We still only got the one just written out a school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna target my guy Eric here, I think. Oh god. Um oh, let me get it. Actually, maybe I'll target both of you guys. Never have I ever had a little baby seaman come into the world and made a little baby boy or girl. Oh, that's harsh, man. Well, so well, Eric I mean that you, you are, know of? <laughs> that you... Yeah, that I know of. That I know of there, Eric. <laughs> you are out, my friend. You get that drink. Uh Guys, this has been a fucking blast. This has been a Mike. You are electric. The shitheads are electric. I expected nothing different from a guy <laughs> coming from South Harmon Fantasy Football. Tell us one more time, man, how we can best and the IBT family can support you and your gang over there that's producing some electric content as the season gets going. So go check out our podcast wherever you get it. Right, it's South Harmon Dynasty Football, uh, and then go check out our YouTube page sometime. We do a lot of crazy shit over there. I tell people to follow me on Twitter, but I'm a horrible fucking follow on Twitter. All I do is like try to pick fights and just repost shit. So <laughs> it's absolutely garbage ass content. So don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But South Harmon FF on uh, on the YouTubes, right? South Harmon Fantasy Football. That's where you can find us. So if you really All want right. to support us or come check us out? That's the place to do it. Yeah, so if you guys are listening to live, open up a new tab if you haven't already and subscribe to South Harmon Fantasy Football. These guys are awesome over there. They got the warp tools so much going on on their website, Patreon as well. For us over here at IBT Media, you can subscribe to the channel right now. If you're listening, give us this video a thumbs up as well. Come back and hang out with us again and enjoy the in-between, baby. And Eric, I know you have some other uh, stuff going on right now, including a pretty fucking cool uh tournament right now or league for some uh professionals some joes pros joes what do you got cooking over there yeah so for um <laughs> for anyone that's that's watched the the in-between show for a while they know that i am the chief button clicker over at the pros with joes charity league big we button clicker guy big button officially clicker guy. live right now we're in the middle of our preseason fundraise which is where we managed to raise proportionally the most amount of money that we do over the course of the season. This is the mechanism that we have to pair up everyday fantasy football players, Joes, if you will, with one of 56 pros, industry experts, including someone named Seth Wilcock, uh, IBT rolling through here. We got oh, Bo McBrayer as well, Bo McBig time playing with us. But really every platform, every website, every TV station and radio station is represented. We've got Stefania Bell and Marcus Grant. We've got pretty much all the fantasy alarm, including Howard Bender. Uh, football guys have been great to us. We, we, we try to cover 
every corner of the space that we can. And every one of you has an opportunity to not only donate and do some good, but potentially co-manage a team in this league with one of those experts. So best way to do it is to get over to our website. It's proswithjoes.com. Get registered, take you to our donor page. You can see all 56 of this year's pros and the fantastic causes that they're supporting. And hey, get in there and donate to uh, donate to Seth's charity. He doesn't know this, but by winning this drawing, you're actually forced into, you're able to force him into drafting all of his fades, all of his busts, right? Oh. Basically, anytime oh. you've heard him fire off a take that you disagree with, donate to his charity, win your way in, and you can force him to draft that person. You can force him not to draft Kenny Pickett. <laughs> you can do whatever you like, proswithjoes.com. Yeah, pros with Joe's, man. Seriously, it's such a blast to, to link up with some other people who enjoy this type of stuff. And this year, as Eric mentioned, I, I'm going to be back in it. It's always a blast. And 826 National, that's who I'm repping this year. It is a nonprofit for young writers. And listen, this isn't here. This this podcast isn't a fucking thing without you know writing, man. Like like that's our background: journalism, public relations. Kyle, you and I started doing podcasting back in like. I don't know, 2018, 2019, and we've, we've come a far way. Um, so support us, man. Support those writers. Um, support 826 National. Come play in a league with me, baby. We'll draft Kenny Pickett. We'll draft Kenny Pickett. The vibes will be great. Um, <laughs> Third rounder. Just, just to round out the chat here, um, we, we got Mike saying, or we, we got Reward saying, Mike retweeted <laughs> the official sleeper app. Don't let him downplay it too much. Uh, Mr. Scamper saying Tuesdays are wild. You know it, Scampers. If you're not bowling, you're here with the IBT podcast, chilling it out. Herm saying shout out to Mike, one of the best dudes he met at the expo. Massive click energy. Uh, we, 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 we got Scott saying MVS in the second. No, if you come on my team, we fucking it, draft Scott. MVS. I'm Do fucking it. leaving. I'm leaving, Eric. I don't care what, what these people paid to be in it. Um, Herm saying writers of the world unite. Guys, this was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with us. Um, we greatly, greatly appreciate all the support these last couple months. Let's continue to grow together. Let's continue to have a great season together. Support Eric over at Pros with Joe's and his green screen media. Support Mike over at South Harmon Fantasy Football, baby. And we'll be back here next week. And until then, you guys know what to do. Keep it in between. <laughs>